We just sang a, a line in that song that said, your blood has washed away my sin. Tonight, I really want you to think through that question, has the blood of Christ washed away your sin? Have you become a child of God? Have you received the brand? That's our focus tonight. Um, Emily, my wife, her uncle owns a ranch with a few thousand acres out in Nebraska, and he has some cattle out there. And if you know anything about branding, it's not typically a super fun experience, but it is very memorable. Um, Often what a rancher will do is he'll lasso the cow, he'll bring the cow over. If he's got a, a nice setup, he'll be able to hook him in and he won't have to wrestle him too much. But oftentimes when the cow is young, he'll take that cow, they'll wrestle it to the ground, it takes two or three of them. They get a brand like we've seen before, they get a brand, they get it iron hot, and then they take the iron hot brand and they sear the cow. And the cow is permanently seared and has received the brand. Tonight, my goal is that if you do not yet know Christ as your savior, tonight you'll receive him as your savior. You will receive the brand. But if you do know Christ as your savior, sometimes we can feel a little bit left out. I remember going to camp, it's like, we wanna preach to those who are unsaved, absolutely wanna do that. But sometimes as as a Christian, you go, well, what about me? I wanna share with you the awesome marks, distinguishing marks of being a follower of Christ. What is true of you, whether you feel it or not. So we're gonna talk though, as we look at, turn turn in your Bibles to John chapter one. The gospel of John chapter one. We're gonna talk about receiving the brand. You see, with the brand, there is a purpose, there's a pattern, and there's a pain. The purpose of the brand that we're talking about tonight is to identify you as God's own. The entire reason why a rancher brands his cows is so that if you're a rancher, how many of you got a lot of cowboy hats in here? That's great. One of them's covering his eyes so he can not look like he's sleeping and not get away or get away with it. But (laughs) Uh, the reason for it is that the ranchers can say, that is so-and-so's cow. I know that it's theirs. It's not mine. And so the purpose of the brand is to identify you as God's own. And John chapter one, if you're following there, John chapter one, we're gonna look at verse 12 and verse 13. It says in John chapter one, verse 12, but to all who did receive him, because remember we said the brand is who? Who is the brand? Jesus Christ is the brand for which we ride. So it says to all who did receive him, those who received the brand, those who received Jesus Christ, He gave them the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. What this teaches us is that you are God's own by adoption or by birth. Jesus said to the most religious man of his time, you must be born again. And I remember I talked to a lot of people, very religious, I told you in my town, a lot of them are super religious. And I'll ask them, you know, when did you receive Christ as your savior? Or are you a child of God? And it's like, yes, when did that happen? They say, I've always believed. Well, you can't always believe. There has to be a time when you receive Christ as your savior, when you become a child of God, when you are born again. But you notice this, to receive the brand, it is not from physical effort. Did you catch that? In our text, it says, who were born not of blood, It's not by your physical effort. It's not by your being in the the right place. It also says, nor is it by the will of man. That's your emotional effort. 
Sometimes as a preacher, it can be really easy to get up here and try to present an emotionally compelling sermon. And I desire to do that. I desire that not everybody falls asleep. Obviously, I want to share the gospel with you in a passionate way. But you will never be saved by me just giving an emotional appeal. Only Christ can save you. And it's not by blood, it's not by physical effort, it's not by the will of man, it's not by you just working up the desire. And then it goes on, it says, it's but by God. It has to be a spiritual, a supernatural work. To be born again is God calling you to himself where your eyes are open to your sin and you recognize that you need him as your savior and you put your trust in him. And it says there in verse 13, they're born of God, not of the will of man, but of the will of God. That is that God chose them. And the question we can have is, well, how do I know if God chose me? The answer is that God chooses everyone who receives him. Do you remember this acrostic that we pointed out? The gospel is that God created us to be with him, but that our sins separate us from God. And those sins cannot be removed by doing enough good deeds. But paying the price for sin, Jesus Christ died and rose again. That's what we've been singing about. And every single person who places their faith in him has eternal life. How many people who place their faith in him have eternal life? Everyone. Everyone who places their faith in him has eternal life. And life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. I want to tell you about a man, though, because you really need to think through, have I received Christ? Tony did an awesome job distinguishing between having knowing, knowing this truth. If you've come to camp, if you've gone to your church, these truths are super familiar to you. Some of these verses you have memorized, but have you personally received it or do you just know it? There's an old saying that my dad loved to say. He said, many people miss heaven by 18 inches, but the distance between their head and their heart because they have it all up here, but they don't have a love for God. And I hope you don't do that. But I want to share this story with you. Uh, During the administration of President Andrew Jackson, there was a man named George Wilson who was convicted of robbing the United States mail, and he was sentenced to be hanged. Intercession was made on Wilson's behalf, and President Jackson granted George Wilson a pardon. But Wilson refused to accept it. So this guy is going to be hanged for his crimes, The president says, I will pardon you. You do not have to be hanged. And with a pardon, it's like it's wiped from your slate. He says, you you can get out of this. You do not have to die for your crime. And the guy said, I don't want to receive it. Well, the authorities were perplexed, so they took the problem over to Chief Justice Marshall. This was his conclusion. Guys, listen to this carefully because this is the reality of eternity as well. This is what Chief Justice Marshall said. A pardon is a slip of paper, the value of which is determined by the acceptance of the person to be pardoned. If it is refused, it is no pardon. George Wilson must be hanged. It is one of my great privileges to tell you that because Christ died on the cross, he offers you a pardon for your sin. But it is one of the great burdens and responsibilities of me to tell you as well, if you reject that, you will not go to heaven. You will go to hell and spend eternity there. This pardon was rejected and the man did not receive the benefits. Have you received the brand? Have you received Christ as your savior tonight? I have good news for you. 
there's at least one boy who today has. Amen? And I'm excited because I get to tell you what it means for that person who's now born again. And this is the part I'm really excited about. We're going to talk about the pattern of the brand. What is the pattern of the brand? What does it mean when you become a follower of Christ? This is true counselors. This is true for you. Every single junior boy here, if you're a follower of Christ, this is true of you, whether you feel it or not. When you receive the brand, there are distinguishing marks. Here are some pictures, though. Up in the top left corner, you have a brand right down there on the side. That's what it looks like to receive the brand. Does that look like a memorable event? (laughs) It does not look fun, okay? That is being burned into them. Bottom right, that's what they just put it in to heat it up. It's red hot. And then on the bottom left there, you have a picture of the brand on that cow. What is the distinguishing, what are the distinguishing marks of the brand? Because one of the questions that I've been asked over and over again, the most common question I get asked is, can I lose my salvation? How do I know if I'm saved? Can, is it possible for me to lose it? One guy, I was, I was talking with him, he was an older, he was a guy that was my age, so he wasn't, a, he wasn't a little kid, he was a guy my age, and we're talking about how Jesus said, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. And I'm like, dude, Jesus gives eternal life. It says no one can perish. No one can snatch them out of his hand. It says in Romans 8, neither height nor depth nor principalities nor powers nor rulers, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And I'm sharing this. I'm getting excited with him. And I'm like, dude, you can't lose it. And he's like, I know that no one can snatch me out of God's hands. But you ready for this? This is what he said. but I can jump out. (laughs) Like, you can't jump out. You're part of the no one. Still working with him. Hopefully he trusts Christ as his savior or begins to understand this. But I want to tell you, in 1945, there was a quiet 15-year-old. He stood in the back of a Youth for Christ rally meeting as an evangelist got up and shared the good news of the gospel that I just shared with you, and I do, I urge you tonight to seriously think about it and to receive Christ as your Savior. In the quietness of his own heart, this young man received Christ as his Savior. He received the brand. His name was Warren W. Wearsby. He never went forward. There was no fanfare to him receiving Christ as his Savior. But that day, he fell in love with God and with the truth of his word. Tonight, all these definitions, all but one, come from him who out of his love for God, out of a decision that he made to receive the brand, developed a hunger and thirst for the word of God. And he is now impacting junior boys, let's see, it's worth four years after his death. Justification is the first mark of the brand. This is the gracious act of God. Okay, we're going to use some big words which are, are cool. These are biblical words. Justification is the gracious act of God in declaring righteous the sinner who believes on Jesus Christ. It was not too long ago that uh, we were driving to a graduation, which you do in May as an adult. It's apparently all you do in May. <laughs> Graduations and weddings in May. We're driving to a graduation. We had a good time. We came back home. A couple of weeks later, we got a note in. We got, we got a letter in the mail, which sometimes is really exciting. Mostly for adults, it's bills. This one happened to be a receipt or a, a coupon is what they called it. 
It says, coupon inside. I'm like, a coupon inside? What is this from? It's from a city. Coupon inside. I open it up, unfold it, and I see a picture of my license plate. <laughs> and then in, the, in, in one corner it says, this is what the speed limit was. And this is what your car was doing. Is this your vehicle? If it is, use this coupon to send us $100. <laughs> like, this is the worst coupon I've ever gotten. I hate this coupon. Now, I could have fought it. But guess what? I didn't fight it. You know why? Because I was guilty. <laughs> I was guilty of speeding through there and rightly deserving the punishment of the law. Do you know what happens? If you know Christ is your Savior, you are a guilty sinner. The wages of sin is what? Death. That's right. But do you know what God has done through Jesus Christ when you received him? God took that guilty verdict and he placed it on Christ and he said to you, you're not guilty. You're justified. Justification, that's the first mark of the brand. Whether you feel it or not, here's the second mark. This is the verse that proves it, okay? So you know I'm, I'm preaching the word of God, not simply my own feelings. It says, therefore, we have been justified by faith. We receive it. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Guess what? I would never have peace with that city until I paid the penalty. And we have peace. We don't have peace with God until we receive Christ. Second one is adoption. Adoption is the act of God by which he gives his children an adult standing in his family. He gives his children an adult standing in his family. In the Bible times, you couldn't legally possess your father's inheritance as a kid. Then even for our kids, we went to set up our will. And it's like, if, if you pass away, where does your money go? Well, it can't go to your kids till they're 18 because until you're an adult, you can't receive an inheritance. But the day that you receive Jesus Christ as your savior, you become a child of God with an adult standing. The inheritance of God is given to you. And it's so awesome that we get to have God's inheritance. Ephesians chapter one, verse four through three through five says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through whom? Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. That's the second distinguishing mark. You're justified, but you're also a child of God. Third distinguishing mark is regeneration. Regeneration is the act of God by which a new life is imparted to the person who trusts Christ as their savior. You're given new life. I remember just, it wasn't too long ago, we're in Sunday school and we had a couple of of college students coming up and they said, hey, we've been talking to these Mormons and they're talking through all these different things and they're talking about how we gotta do enough works and then God's grace gives us strength to do works and they kind of meet in the middle and we're kind of good and God's kind of good and we meet in the middle and we get saved. What do, we, what do we say to that? That's wrong. Absolutely that's wrong. Do you remember the verse that we quoted or sang about tonight too? It says, you were what in your trespasses and sins? Dead in your trespasses and sins. And Jesus says the reason why we don't get to do works for our eternal life is so that we don't boast. And so this illustration, it was totally a God thing. This illustration came to me as I was talking with them. I said, can you imagine if someone, like we said, have you ever seen a dead person? Receiving Christ as your savior is not like, a, it's not like if you're drowning and I throw out a life, 
life preserver to you. I used to be a lifeguard. Junior boys cracked me up. I lo- like I said, I love junior boys for so many different reasons. Because at junior boys, you have someone who can swim super well, and there are some of you guys who are like, man, I just graduated from floaties, and I didn't bring them because I didn't want to look weird. And it's like, there's the whole gamut. And I'd be up there in the lifeguard stand at the diving board, and I'd see a, a junior boy walk up who was about 35 pounds soaking wet, and he gets to the end of the diving board, and I'm like, uh-oh, he can't swim. <laughs> I know he can't. And he'd get there, and he'd jump in, and he's like, his, I still remember one kid. He came up, and he locked eyes with me, and his eyes were like this big, like, help me! I mean, he's just like, this is not good. And I knew immediately. And so I threw to him the tube, and he grabbed a hold of it, and I pulled him in. Is that what salvation is like? Where all of a sudden you come up, you're like, oh, I'm drowning. Help me. No, 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 no. Salvation is you're dead. You're in the bottom of the pool, and you're dragged out, and you're laying like this. And the lifeguard comes up, and he hooks up this thing called an AED, an automatic external defibrillator. And he puts it up here, and he puts it down here, and he sends a shock through your heart. And you receive that the life comes back in. Now, can you imagine if that happened to a junior boyer? And they came in and were like, hey, can you give you a testimony about how, how you came back to life from this? And so that's where it falls apart. It's obviously you had life before. But, and, and they came back up, and they're like, guys, 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 guys. She's the other day I was like dead. And then I was laying there. And they shocked me. You should have seen how well I received that shock. Mm. Man, I was good at receiving that shock. You'd be like, you're an idiot. (laughs) The lifeguard clearly saved you, right? Regeneration is the act of God. It's not us having this perfect reception of God. And that's why you heard Tony say this, and we say this regularly. Maybe you hear your pastor say this. It's not about praying a prayer and saying all the right words. It's receiving Christ, not praying a prayer. But when you got, for those of you who know Christ your Savior, you have new life. Here's a third thing. Oh, this is the verse, Titus chapter three, verse five. He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own worship, mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Here's the next one. Redemption means to purchase and set free by paying a price. To purchase and to set free by paying a price. This is pictured in the Old Testament. There was a guy and his wife. She ran away with other men, ended up in slavery, and the man came. His name was Hosea. He came and God said, go back, show, the, show Israel how much I love them. He came and he bought his wife out of slavery and he set her free. And that's the picture of what happens with redemption. We talk about being a slave to sin. Jesus Christ, by his death, has set us free from our sin. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. The next one is propitiation. That's a big word, right? Can you say that with me? Propitiation. That's a big word. That's the work of Jesus Christ on the cross by which he satisfied God's holiness so he could extend mercy to lost sinners. Jesus Christ satisfied God's holiness. And you remember that ticket I told you about? <laughs> that was fun. Is it, would it be okay if your counselor paid for my ticket? I, I hear mixed answers. The answer is yes, right? It was a crime that had a cost to it. 
And whoever can pay that cost can pay for the crime. The only person who could pay for the cost was Jesus Christ because our crimes exceed anything that we could ever pay for. Scripture says this, all have sinned, they fall short of the glory of God. They're justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as the propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. The next one is imputation. Imputation, this is a mark of the Christian. It's the work of God in which he takes our sin debt and credits us with Christ's righteousness. And he does not record our sin. Hopefully, as junior boyers, you don't have credit card debt. (laughs) I really hope as junior boyers, you don't have credit card debt. Okay, but it is epidemic, especially amongst us millennials. There are millennials going into credit card debt for coffee because we want to go to Starbucks and pay $10 for like, you know, a cup of coffee this big because it's about the experience. Anyway, drink Folgers if you're going into debt for coffee. But here's the idea, guys. There are a ton of people in debt. Our nation is in debt. And we can't just pay that back right now, but scripture says that you and I are in debt because of our sins, but God gives us his righteousness. Christ credits us, we're credited with Christ's righteousness, which is more than enough. So there are some times when you or your friends are gonna say, hey, look at all these sins that I've done. Look at all this wrong that I've done. Ask yourself the question, has Christ done more righteousness? Has Christ been more perfect than you have been sinful? And the answer will always be yes. And the perfect, perfect standard of Christ has been applied to your account. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.21. Anyone know this verse? Anyone heard this? You had to memorize it, right? For our sake he made him sin who knew no sin that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Here's a, another big word for you, sanctification. It's the gracious work of God in setting the believer apart for himself and for service in the world. And this This is the one where when we talk about, is there any change in your life? This is the question we're asking. Is there any difference? Do you have any new desires for Christ? It was several years ago and there was a young man from my church. He was extremely addicted to pornography and he could not break it. He had gone off to college. Girls and football were his two gods. He he knew how to play. He knew how to play the part. He came into church. He came to camp here regularly, came into camp, looked good. In fact, when I broke my wrist, he carried me back to, back to Jensen. But he loved two things, and that was football and girls. They were the idols of his heart. One, night, uh, one, night he bro- or one day he broke his leg playing football. That night his girlfriend broke up with him. Yeah, his two, his two idols came crashing down, completely addicted to pornography, texted me one night and says, how can I know that I'm saved? And it was like the Holy Spirit said, don't tell him that he's saved. He began to read 1 John and pray for the Holy Spirit to open his eyes, and it turns out that he had never placed his faith in Christ. He'd prayed a prayer, sure, but he had no heart and no desire for God. There was no change in his life at all, and he is now a faithful follower of Christ and doing some awesome work in college ministry. I want to tell you about a couple other people who the work of God has happened to them. You remember that lady who I said was poor, came up and gave $100? Yeah, absolutely. That's Jesus Christ working in her to become generous. She's always been poor, and now she's generous. Why would a poor person be generous? Maybe because Jesus Christ has changed them. There was another lady in our church who uh, 
she went and took several hours just to sit with a, a lady's mom who is living in the, their house just so that the family could get away for a while. There was another guy in my church. Right now, he's late in prayer meeting. He probably just got done. He's like, I don't feel very leaderish tonight to lead prayer meeting, but he's been praying for opportunities with his coworkers to share the gospel. And one day, it's like God just opened this door of opportunity. And he's like, I became bold and I shared the gospel boldly with him. And he came back and he told his wife about it. And she's like, dude, I need to share the gospel with my coworker. And she went out and shared the gospel just the next day. There was another lady in our church. Remember the lady I told you about who was going through a really rough divorce? A lady in our church, she's very, very quiet. Her son has kind of turned his back on Christ, but she's coming to our church, and she's single. She went through a really messy divorce years ago. And when she found out about this lady going through the divorce, she said, hey, listen, I've got an extra two rooms. You and your son can move in with me if you need it. Why would she do that? Maybe because she loves Jesus Christ, and he has sanctified her. He has set her apart as different, and she's not just selfish with her life. I could go on, but I'll stop for now. Let's look at the last one. Sanctif- oh, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. says, Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of the body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. The last one is reconciliation. That's the permanent bringing together of the believing sinner and God through Jesus Christ. And do you re- anyone remember bonus points? I guess it's not actually bonus points. I can't give those out. I'm not the program chair. I'll talk to, where's Willie? Can I give bonus points? No, all right. Anyone remember what Tony's definition of reconciliation was this morning? Anyone got it? Yeah, right over here. In the green Under Armour shirt with the yellow. Kind of, blue, uh, right next to him. Did you have it? Okay, blue shirt. Okay, from God's enemy to God's son. Give him a round of applause. Way to go. He turned the page back once like I got it. Boom. From God's enemy to God's son. These are the distinguishing marks of a child of God. And these are the awesome privileges that we have. One more warning though, guys. There's a story in the New Testament that Jesus tells about a man who had a great banquet. And it pictures eternal life, being with God. And so this man, he has this great banquet and he invites all these friends and they say, oh, I'm too busy. Oh, I don't have time. And so he says, all right, ambassadors, remember we learned about this morning, ambassadors go out, invite all the poor, invite all the people on the streets, invite all the homeless, tell them to come in and I will give them these robes. I will give them these distinguishing characteristics that they are my wedding guests. So he's having this huge party and there's all these guys in these gowns, all these people in these gowns, but there's one person there who is not wearing one of the proper gowns. And the master comes up to him and says, listen, why are you here if you don't have the right gowns? And he goes, ah, you know, he didn't have a really good answer. He says to his servants, he says, cast him out into a place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The reality is you can fool your counselor, you can fool me, you can pretend to have the marks of a Christian, you will not get to heaven and be able to go before God and fake these distinguishing marks. And so that's why I urge you guys, I urge you to think seriously about are these true of you? Are these characteristics true of you because of Jesus Christ? Have you received the brand 
Or are you just playing the game? Because if you're just playing the game, you'll fall when you get to this part. The last part is the pain of the brand. That's death to self. Death to self. Romans chapter 5 says this. Romans chapter 5 declares in verses 1 through 5, Since therefore we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That's all the good news. He says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. And hope doesn't put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Writing for the brand is not easy. And I'd actually encourage you tonight, go back, when you go back to your cabins, ask your counselor what's been the most difficult thing about being a follower of Christ. Because if you're going to follow Christ, there's pain that comes with it, and that's death to self. I'm going to go ahead and have Josh come up here. We're going to pray. Go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes. Counselors can stay in the seats. But listen, if tonight you're like, man, I have not received the brand um, I've heard it before, but I have not yet placed my faith in it. I haven't repented of my sins. I need to do that. When Josh begins to sing, you just hop up, grab your counselor, head out, and say, I need to receive the brand. Maybe some of you, you're like, I know that I've received the brand, but man, I didn't realize it was that great. What I want you to do is to, in your seats, praise God for these things being true. Counselors, I encourage you to do that too. Sometimes we can get so caught up in our life that we forget about how awesome it is to be a follower of Christ. So God, I pray right now that you'd be working in hearts as you do and that you would get the glory. Lord, you know those who don't know you and you know that there's many who've been praying for them. Just continue to work in hearts, help them to be willing to say, hey, I wanna receive the brand. I know the pain comes with it, but I wanna be a follower of Christ. God, maybe there's some boys in here who they've received it, but they kinda didn't think it was all that cool. I pray that tonight they would just lift their eyes to you and say, what a mighty God we serve. What a great God we serve. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. God, I thank you for the privilege of being a follower of Christ. Strengthen us for the pain, but we rejoice in the pattern of the brand. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen.